everybody, and welcome to Now You're Playing With Power, a Nintendo podcast. This, my friends, is the time in which we break the barriers of the single digit and jump headfirst into the double. This is our 10th episode of the show, and as a result, it's going to be a little bit special. Uh, we have a cool segment plan coming up, but before we talk about any of that, I'm going to introduce the guy who has uh, been sitting alongside me for these past 10 episodes. That is Bali. Uh, how are you doing today, Bali? I'm good, MBZ. Um, yeah, I was just reminiscing about my 10th birthday, because, you know, the big one Right? Do you have any memories of your 10th? My 10th birthday, I think, uh, wow, did I get like... I think it in- involved a lot of Coca-Cola and pizza or something. That's what most birthdays Yeah, probably. Had. It probably involved like a PS1 or something. I'm pretty sure I got like Tomb Raider or something on my 10th birthday. Uh, yeah, <laughs> good times, good times indeed. Um but we are uh, we're here to discuss uh, the, you know the tenth episode of uh, Now You're Playing with Power, and uh, in you know traditional fashion, we're going to kick off the show with what we've been playing. But we have uh, an interesting feature coming up, Bally. So, want to lay that out for uh, the listeners? Yes. So, to celebrate our tenth episode, we thought we'd do sort of a retrospective of the entire lifetime of the Wii and sort of the launch period, the run-up to the the console coming out, and then talk about some of our favourite games from from the very start of the life cycle right up until the end. Um, so I think we're going to split that into two segments also. Yeah, so uh, we're not going to have any listener mail this week. Uh, we do have a good uh, good amount to dump, jump into in the next show, but uh, we are, yeah, we're going to concentrate. Send us more. Yeah, send us more, of course. Email address nyppquestions at gmail.com as per usual. Um... But uh, without further ado, we're just going to jump straight into what we've been playing to kick things off. And Bali, um, we have both been playing a, a cool online Nintendo game. Yeah, so uh, why don't you tell everyone what that is? Yeah, so I got a text from you on... Was it Thursday or Friday? It was Friday, Friday, yeah. Friday, and you were like, go download this as a special offer um, to, to get this game. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, so I downloaded Wii Sports Club. Which is essentially the HD version of Wii Sports that they put on the eShop uh, on the uh, on the Wii U. And it consists of bowling, golf, and tennis. Yeah, and I think they've said that they're going to update it over you know the next few months or whatever and add the uh, additional sports mm. there. But um, those are the three they have at the moment. I mean, my personal favourite is baseball, so I'd be keen to see if they upgrade that at all. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we jumped in and I played a bit by myself before playing online and with with yourself, MBZ, and everything was just... It was quite sort of um, nostalgic, but at the same time fresh. I right. felt like it was quite... Um, it, was, it was nice to jump back into Wii Sports, because obviously I don't think either of us have played it in years. Well, certainly yeah. I've not played it in absolute years. Um, so I thought the tennis feels much... this. I actually... Th- I know that they introduced the Motion Plus controls, but I thought it felt relatively much like the original in terms of the shot making and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of going on about how it was different, but 
in the end, I don't think it has a huge effect. I think the one thing they changed, which is like the exclamation mark and getting a smash shot yeah. off uh, the end of that, that's something that they took from Wii Sports Resort in the pin, pinball, table tennis, the table yeah. tennis game, yeah. And um, I, I think the table tennis game in Wii Sports Resort is definitely so much more refined. Like, yeah. you can definitely feel the use of Motion Plus in that game. Um, yeah, definitely. But not so much in, in Wii, Wii Tennis uh yeah, it Whatever. felt much like the original, but I must say that the graphics obviously look far better. And I think that the whole court itself is in like a different, it's in a new place. It's not like the same place as the original. Um, right, and I think tennis is one of those ones which they didn't actually include in Resort. So this is the yeah. first time it's been upgraded since then. Because I know that bowling was in Resort, um, and they just basically I think have taken uh, and golf as well. So I think they've taken both of those and uh, just just slapped a, a bit of paint on them. But tennis is the one that's probably received the biggest upgrade. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we cool. played online. We played a bit by ourselves, and then we recorded a little competition we had. We did um, indeed, and yeah, tennis w- went down well. I think I don't think either of us have improved much since two thousand and six. But yeah, I thought it it was really seamless when we were playing each other with the obviously the friend code system. Um, and right, it was kind of surprising that there was like no lag and it was yeah. really smooth and it worked so intuitively. And you know, you were reacting like. The, there's a point in that video that we recorded um, where you mentioned like that my guy jumps forward uh, in the replay and the exact moment you say that it happens on my screen yeah. like there was no delay there was no lag whatsoever and it's almost like shocking that this Nintendo have actually kind of got it right here um, but I should add that I later played against some random people online with tennis and it makes me very sad to say this, but there was an incredible amount of lag. We were yeah. playing, some points were just being played in slow motion, and it was the middle of the day on a Saturday, so probably in the UK when most Americans are waking up and playing their Wii Sports club. Right. So, so you think that, that maybe it. it was someone abroad who you were playing? and that I was think the... it was, well, they were, I know that they, well, they said they were in the, one of the English clubs, I mean, because the whole club, Wii Sports Club, you pick your club based on your region in the world. Um, right. You don't have to be from that region to be in that club, so maybe they were lying. But they sure. said they were from North France and North of England, I think. But um, I think, I hope, and I don't know this, but I hope that it was seamless because we were friend-coded and not to do with anything else. Um, yeah. Like, for, for future games like Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, I really hope that if you have the friend-code of the person, then it's more seamless. I mean, I don't know the technology behind it, obviously. But... No, of course not. Um, so I think the one that really changed quite a bit was the Golf. Yeah. Uh, it was the most recent one they implemented. And it was using that system, which was uh, part of the very first Wii U reveal at E3 in, I believe, 2012, where or 2011, I think and it, it was, even was. It was the thing that was touted the most, I think, as a gimmick at the time. It was oh, like, definitely. oh, look at that, you're hitting the golf ball off the ground. Yeah. Right, so just to explain, for people who don't know what it does is you put the gamepad on the ground 
and you point at the gamepad with your Wii remote as if you're holding your golf club over the ball. And on the gamepad screen, there is the ball, there is the image of your club, and there is the power meter. They've taken the power meter off of the main screen and put it down onto the gamepad so that it is more realistically simulating golf because when you play golf, you're supposed to put your eyes on the ball and look down at the yeah. ball, not look forward. Um, and so it's kind of, you know, honing in on that and... It was interesting because they'd really refined the um, sensitivity on the clubs, so it's kind of difficult to get as clean a shot as you used to get in Wii Golf. As much as we were bitching about all how difficult it was on um, our video, um, I must say that I prefer it so much more. First of all, it's it's more realistic in the sense that you're looking at the the ground and not the um, the screen. Secondly, it's so much more sensitive with hook and slice, which is far more realistic. Whereas in the original Wii Sports, you basically just swung through, and if you overhit it, it would randomly hook or slice. And yeah. while, while it st- will still do that, it is still possible to hook and slice on what you consider a good shot. So yeah. I really thought that this was an improvement, and it really rewards people who have put more practice in far more than say because i think with the original you could within a few hours maybe you could get a knack for it you could have a terrible technique but you could have a knack at getting the wiimote to get reach a certain number of dots and just based on that number of dots you could play pretty well whereas you simply have to have a pretty refined technique to do well in this game which i really liked definitely um now it's an interesting kind of model they're going for in terms of selling this game because the two options available to you are buying a day pass which essentially allows you access to all of the games for the period of 24 hours and you pay i think two pounds to get access to that um and as soon as uh, you know the, the day ends it all goes away and you have to you know buy another one if you want to play some more um alternatively you can buy the each game individually so you could pay 8.99 uh in in the uk i think it, it maybe it's about ten dollars in us um for each of the individual sports um now bali do you think that this is a good model would you prefer you know for instance if all sports were available and they had a package for all of the sports you could just buy the entire thing for you know 25 pounds or whatever do you you prefer that or do you think the piecemeal solution is okay it's tricky because speaking from my perspective as someone who owns the original wii sports um the weekend pack would never really be appealing to me because either Either I'd want to play online with you, perhaps, and we'd both have to buy the week weekend pack, or I would buy the weekend pack just to play single player by myself. And I'm I'm not I don't think most people play much Wii Sports by themselves. I mean, I play quite a bit, but I don't play loads. So I would personally say I was say I had you round to my house, MBZ. We'd just get out of the old Wii Sports because you're in the same room. Um, obviously, the graphics aren't quite as good, but it's still a great experience. So I think that for me, I'd want to buy the permanent um, 899, which, to be honest, is far too much money, personally. Definitely. Um, but I mean, if I wanted to play you online, which I think is the most fun I'm going to have out of this game, I think it'd be best if we both bought the permanent one, because it saves us constantly having to sync up with weekend passes. Um, and sure. it's, it's a real shame that they've made that permanent pass so expensive. Yeah, it it is a bit, and um, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of some of these free-to-play models where, you know, for example, Plants vs. Zombies 2, you have to pay for each individual plant, uh, the ones that they don't include, 
I would much rather just straight up pay a price for that whole game, have the whole game, and be done with it, and not bother with stupid microtransactions. It feels very like that, you know, where it's like, well, it's kind of free to play for a little bit if you pay a little bit, but if you pay more, then you have this, and yeah, they've kind of just cut it up piecemeal, and um, I'm not a huge fan of that. I would much rather, you know, put up uh, a straight price and, and go with it, but yeah, there I'm, you go. I mean, I'm... From this free pass that we've had this weekend, which I thought is a great idea, um, if it was just a little bit cheaper, and obviously if I had more space on my hard drive, I'd be totally up for just buying it now. Say it was about, let's say, £15 for the three sports permanently, I'd happily pay that right now and keep... and. And have that on my system. That's a good price. I think £5 per yeah. sport is good. And these are sports that we've played before, but just with improvements. So I think to... Uh, how many people own a Wii U but not a Wii? Very few. So yeah. for those of, like us who have played Wii Sports, we we need, like... It needs to be cheap if they're going to um, sell it to us. I mean, it needs more. Definitely. And I think in the future they might discount it, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, they've actually, they have been real good at doing eShop sales. I'm not going to lie, every week there is at least something on sale. Um, so, yeah, there's there's always a chance. Exactly. As much as we're talking Nintendo down, imagine if five years ago we'd said, oh yeah, there's going to be this online shop, you can get downloadable games, they're going to do sales offers, free content at times, we'd, we'd have eaten our hats. Sure. I mean, they had an online shop before, but this one is functional and yeah. actually works. So, you know, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Right. Excellent. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was that was good fun. We, we enjoyed that. Um, and uh, and I guess if you go over to the, my YouTube channel, uh, which you just type in NBZ to YouTube and you'll you'll find uh, our video there. So you can do that if you so wish. Uh, anyway, uh, what else have you been playing? Ballet? Yeah, so other than that, I've been playing a little bit more Need for Speed Most Wanted You, um, the long-winded title um, yeah and last time i was complaining a bit about the the specific missions where you had to evade the cops so this you start the mission there's loads of cops after you i love how i'm saying cops not police cops <laughs> well you're becoming american i know this game is just so american um, and you have to outrun them or you can hide away from them so I was saying how I wasn't a big fan of these missions. And I must say that my attitude to those specific missions has changed. Because mm. I was... I mentioned I was stuck on a mission before. And I... <laughs> me being me, I didn't go for a new mission. I just went back to the same mission constantly. Just to bang your head against to, the wall, I, right? I do enjoy good head banging in video games. So, mm. um, yeah, I kept doing this mission. And eventually I managed to... I, I, I sort of worked out how the meter works so every time you're being chased by the cops say you drive violently or start hitting the cop cars your heat meter goes up um, the second you're they're out of your uh, proximity your heat meter starts going down so they're still chasing you when they're outside of your proximity but um, your heat meter is going down meaning that once it gets to zero You've, you've successfully evaded them. So I kept doing this mission, kept getting stuck. I eventually got got all the cops out of my um, proximity. My heat meter was going down. And then I just drove literally like there's this funny sort of mansion building in a field in the game. And I just sort of drove into this sly bit at the side. And you can see that they can't find you. And they were just looking for me, patrolling all the areas around me. And I'm just like, come on, because I, I needed like, I think under two minutes 
to um to get a gold, not a gold medal, to come like first place. So I was just like dying for the heat meter to just go down. And then it was literally, when your car is stationary, it falls much, much faster. So they obviously weren't seeing me and it just plummeted and I did it and I came first. And yeah, I was really nice. happy. So my awesome. point is that like those missions have certainly grown on me quite a bit. Okay, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. I was wondering like... So this is an open world car game, right? Which means that you are constrained to the car, like there's no like getting out and running around. No. Is there actually any driver in any of these cars? Like, can you see through the windscreen that there are drivers? Or are these just, you know, cars which are being controlled themselves and there's no one inside? Um, no, there is a driver. He's basically like... So you're, you obviously know Top Gear. I'm sure some of yeah. our American fans won't have heard of Top Gear. But in the in the program Top Gear, there's, they have a driver that they take the piss out of all the time. And he's called the Stig. And he's basically their, their anonymous professional driver who drives the cars fast, basically. And basically the character in Need for Speed looks exactly like the original Stig. It's just a guy in a black driving suit with a black helmet, basically. Mm. Okay. And in some of the open top cars, he's obviously far more exposed. Sure. I would say. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So that's that's all the American fans looking up who the Stig is now. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. yeah. Excellent. So. Awesome. Um, so yeah, not not played much more than that, I guess. No, I haven't played a whole lot more than that. Um, I'm going to keep going with Need for Speed, obviously. Um, and I'm afraid my Wii Sports Club pass is like going to run out. So. Yeah. But as you know, I've just. Um, down, I've downloaded the hard drive. I've just <laughs> bought a hard drive, meaning that I'm going to have plenty of space to fill up with some games. Um, and definitely, if Wii Sports Club goes down in price in the future, I'm going to pick that up, I think. Excellent. But we'll see. All right. What have you been um, up to? So, I have uh, been playing the retail release of Titanfall. Titanfall. Uh, Yes, it has dropped into our laps, and now we must shoot every motherfucker in our sight. Can I just ask, have you seen the Titanfall advert on TV? So there have been a few. Which which one are you referencing well, in particular? Well, it's basically just a, guy, a dude walking along, and then he just, like, his Titan just falls down behind him, and it's pretty awesome. Oh, I think I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very simple, but it's effective. There was something around E3, um, or just after E3, Microsoft were putting out uh, trailers for Xbox One, um, where it was like this office building, and these people just having a meeting, and then this (laughs) Titan just like fucking smashes through the window. I mean, adverts like that really do help games like that, I would say. Like, they just really, they make make people who aren't aren't interested in the game really start talking about it, like, what is that? That's cool. Is this a is this a new uh, Transformers film? Right. I, I think that's something that Nintendo could learn a lesson on, honestly, because their marketing for Wii U in general and any game that comes out for it has been horrific. It's like, who has seen <laughs> yeah. a Wii U advert? Like, no one. No one even knows the system exists. It's so. just the, it's just the traditional. Here's a celebrity with their family playing a game. Yeah. And here are all the mean, kids smiling and being happy. And- the thing with Titanfall is that you cannot escape the advertising for that game. Everywhere I go, I like. I mean, obviously, I frequent many video game websites on the internet, but that it's the, the advert is everywhere. Like, it's the game that's being pushed really hard. So, um, of course, I did play the beta. Um, beta, if uh, we want oh, yeah. to keep our keep ourselves, um, you know un-Americanly tainted uh, <laughs> seems it's happened already twice this episode with cops and, uh, there's and plenty data. to come yeah yeah I'm sure there is um, 
So so yeah, I've I, I've been playing the full release, and the main difference really, I mean, there's not actually a huge amount of difference from the beta. The, the big difference is obviously far more maps. There are only two available in the beta. I think there's now 15 or so um, total maps, which are all awesome. I haven't got tired of them at all because they're you know enough variety, and uh, I just haven't really had time to learn them yet. So so that's awesome. And then there is extra you know weapons. There's there's more upgrades and stuff. And the main thing was the campaign mode which they'd kind of been touting for a while, but they hadn't really explained what it was or what it did, or, you know, it was kind of weird because there was no push on that at all. It was all talk of the multiplayer, and they said that this campaign thing existed, but it was, no one really actually knew what it would, you know, become its final form. I mean, I saw saw a bit of the the campaign mode in um, Giant Bomb's Quick Look, which I'd highly recommend if you've not seen it, it's good fun. But um, yeah. it just looks really, really weird. Like, it's just this multiplayer experience with just little talking heads popping in. and Yeah, yeah and really and that's, I think, that's what they're trying to do. I mean, the narrative is weak. I don't even know what the fuck the story is, because I don't <laughs> give a shit. Like, while I'm playing Titanfall, I'm listening to a podcast at the same time. It's, a, it's actually a perfect game for such an activity, because I don't need to hear any of the... Like, there's no real music that's enticing me the ambient noise can be turned down to a level where i can still hear stuff going on but i don't need to have it necessarily around me like i'm not an mlg pro player where i need to hear things in the right side of my ear so i can pick someone off with a fucking 360 no scope that's not me i'm not gonna do that shit so it's actually like one of those perfect games um for listening to podcasts with and i listened to podcasts while i was going through the campaign mode and you know, someone could have told me that it, this was just straight up attrition multiplayer, and I would have believed them because all there is really is there's a couple of set pieces, a few things blow up, you know, your ship kind of gets hit by something and falls to the ground, like, but that's in a cutscene before you even play the game, and yeah, it's it's just kind of it, it seems kind of pointless, honestly. And the only reason you would go through the campaign is to unlock the chassis, the two different chassis for the Titan. So there are the three Titan chassis. There's the middle range one. Which which is the one you have access to in uh, the beta called the Atlas. There's the Strider, which is the quick one, and there's the Ogre, which is the slow one. And uh, and so that's basically what I did. I just went through um, the campaign to unlock those. And now I have all three. Would you not have liked it if the... I mean, we can't... Neither of us can deny that it's a it's an absolutely beautiful world that they've created. And yeah. it is... Would you not have liked if they had done a single-player campaign offline that had an in-depth story that explained what the hell these machines are, why they're here, who the sides are, who's fighting, would you not have liked that? I would have loved that. I think that's... I mean, see, I'm the sort of person who prefers the single-player experience to the multiplayer most of the time, especially when it comes to something like a first-person shooter. And I would have... Instead of having this, you know, elongated tutorial, which isn't super interesting and takes far too long, if they had been implementing elements of teaching you the game through a crafted storyline, then yeah, I, I much, I would have much preferred that because it would have allowed you to, you know, have access to all the different types of titans, you know, given some more background at a slower pace where you can absorb it more and not have a reliance on being connected online because, you know, even if you're doing the campaign, you have to 
be connected. It's not a huge deal because I'm connected all the time anyway. But you know, for some people, you know, it, it's definitely a thing which puts people off because there are parts of America, huge parts of you know, even in the UK, where people don't have super solid internet connections, and this is an online-only game, so it does limit them. Certainly, it limits their market potential in terms of you know selling to a wide enough audience. Um, and yeah, I would have really appreciated that, but it's it's kind of unfortunate it's not there. I'm thinking that maybe in the second game, that you know, the follow up to this, they'll do something like that. At least I hope they do. Um, this was really kind of setting the table, as it were. I heard, I think it was, I can't remember who it was on the Giant Bombcast. Someone described Titanfall as the first Assassin's Creed where, you know, they lay the groundwork, but then the second game is where they're going to kick it into gear and actually get things right, and, and it becomes, like, a much more critically acclaimed title. Mm. So, I feel that is a, a way that they'll go with it, definitely. Definitely. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of the gameplay, I've been enjoying it a huge amount. Uh, my favourite Titan to use is the quick one, the Strider. Uh, so, it basically, it has three boosts, um, which means that you can get around places a lot quicker, and I haven't honestly found that I'm less durable. I guess the point of it is that you're frailer than, you know, the standard one or the, the ogre. But I have been able to survive. Like, so what I found quite often is if I have a really good game in the Titan, I'll generally have a really solid game overall. So one of the best games I had recently was I managed to get six pilot kills, which is six human players, four Titan kills and 43 minion kills so I was going ham like I was I was so proud of myself I did really well in that game uh, and that was using the combination of a setup where I had the smart pistol so I could really uh, get minion kills quickly farm those early uh, get my titan quick uh, and then I just stayed in my titan and stomped on people um, and went around and yeah it was it was great so there is a huge amount of uh, satisfaction to be gleaned from doing super well in a match because you get a bunch of experience you see that level bar go up it's it's this feedback loop which i understand why they kept it there because it's a call of duty thing that is so successful and it mm -hmm. makes sense to just keep it you know keep it there um i'd be interested to see what you think playing titanfall Bally, because have you played like COD before? Do you have any experience with uh, first-person shooters? I played a a bit earlier. Uh, a bit is an overstatement. I've played a little bit of COD. Um, I can't remember which one it was. It was this was in my second year of uni. Um, we had a flatmate who was unreal at COD. Literally, he was better than Shaq. Um, this is our friend Shaq, right? I think I mentioned yeah. before. You and, did last episode, I mean, episode, yes. he hates it when I tell him he's better than that. Than, than <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this guy and my friend Shaq both used to play tons of COD, especially in second year of uni, and I'd sort of play along with them. And I was I was really bad, but I got the addiction. Like, it, I felt it. Like, I could understand why it was so addictive and a really good game. Um Obviously, there's loads of games I prefer to COD, but I'd be I'd be interested to try out Titanfall. I mean, it's definitely not worth a PC or an Xbox One purchase for me just now. But, no, no, but, definitely um, not. Yeah, no, I'd love to give it a go. Yeah, certainly, and over the summer, you can... Yeah. I take it you're um, playing keyboard and mouse. Right, so that's something I want to talk about as well, because... I am a console gamer. I have been for the entirety of my life. I use gamepads. I use controllers. The entirety of your life? <laughs> 
Well, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I just came out and I was just playing my console. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm fucking in the womb with my freaking Dreamcast or whatever. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so, I... Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to get used to using a keyboard. The mouse is fine. I, I'm perfectly at home with the mouse. It's so much more accurate and easy to use than a joystick... Um, a second joystick on a controller. The mouse is perfect. There's there's no problem I have with that. Problem I have is with the keyboard, mainly because every button feels the same. And though there is you know directional differences and where you're putting your finger, I find myself so much of the time messing up and not hitting the right button. So when you get into like a close quarter situation, and it's you know pilot on pilot and the best thing to do is to like jump and kick them in the face what that requires me to do with my dexterity is to hit the space button and then move my finger down to the c button which is kick but a lot of the time what will happen is i'll move my finger down and hit a different button instead of the kick button and end up not being able to get the kick off uh, and then my opponent obviously has the advantage and they'll, they'll take me out before i can take them out but it's all a matter of getting quicker and getting those twitch reactions down um which i'm having some some trouble with uh, honestly, so I mean, it'll get better with time. I'm sure it will, but uh, yeah, that's that's just how it is, and I just have to get used to it. Honestly, um, but yeah, key- keyboard and mouse is interesting. Um, so I've I've leveled up to like 22. I believe that the max level is 50, and then after that you prestige, which means like you go back to level one and go through all the way again. But you have an, a nice little emblem saying that you've you know already been through the game. So I don't know. I don't know if I'll do that. I think maybe I'll get to level 50 eventually and just kind of stop there because I'm not super into first-person shooters. But I'm always going to leave the, the door open on Titanfall. And as I said, it's a perfect podcast game. So I you know I'll jump into a lot if I just want to listen to a podcast and you know have something else to do while I do it then Titanfall's a great candidate for that so so definitely nice. uh yeah that's Titanfall um so we don't have much time left uh, to talk uh, at the end here but I'll quickly give a mention to uh, a game that I completed this week uh which is a an indie game on Steam called Electronic Superjoy and if you know me you know that I love uh games like Super Meat Boy these really masochistic platformers these indie platformers that really you know you die a hell of a lot but there's just this satisfaction to just continually bashing your... It's like you earlier, with you bashing your head against yeah. the wall. You just keep going with it. I actually never really find myself getting frustrated with those kind of games, because you start again so quickly after you die. And again, we mentioned this before with Mario, how sometimes you'll be at a level which is, you know, quite long, and, you know, you get to a point when you die, and you have to wait all this time to get back, because there's a loading screen, and... There's the jingle with the death, and then there's a right? pause, and then there's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, and I mean, those are very different type of platformers. You know, Mario is uh, a lot more straightforward. There's not much twitch movement going on, whereas these are just precision, like utter precision platforming. One slight slight move in the wrong direction and you're screwed, you have to start again. But the the, the way that they implement it with no lives uh, and nothing of that type and just constantly getting you back in, super, super um, addictive. And, and, How much you know, was the game? I think I picked it up for about 50p in a Steam sale. So <laughs> you can't complain, I'm going to be honest. Uh, and it's something you know I was interested in. I saw a Total Biscuits uh, video on it, and I was like, this totally looks like something I'd be interested in. So I got it in the Steam sale, yeah, and, um, and 
I mean, the interesting thing about it is it's super bright and colorful and will burn your eyes, like, horribly. So I could only play it for about an hour at a time. Um, it took me about four hours to beat, but it, so it was like four play sessions, but after an hour, my eyes would start to just fucking melt out my face, and I would turn around. I turned around and looked at my Breaking Bad poster behind me, and, like, Walter White's face would just start melting. I was like, oh my god, what's <laughs> happening? This is like, I'm on some drugs or some shit going down here. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was certainly interesting, but it is it is a great game a lot of fun super hard and if you have you know some spare change lying around when a steam sale rolls about electronic superjoy is the name of the game give it a try i i hope you'll enjoy it cuz i really did is it the hardest yet no definitely not um i think they bleed pixels is the hardest which is a game i still haven't completed it's uh, <laughs> it's sitting there and uh, maybe i'll talk about it at some point in the future but yeah it's it's up there with meat boy it's up there with vvvvvv um and i yeah i love it it's, it's great so that's going to be it so uh, we are going to wrap up this segment and after we come back we are going to be jumping into our feature topic which is a retrospective of the Nintendo Wii so don't go anywhere we will be right back Okay, and we are back uh, with some more of this podcast, and we're going to jump straight in to our feature topic, which is a retrospective of the lifetime of the Nintendo Wii, um, a system which uh, saw a rise and a fall and everything in between and, and you know, a lot of craziness surrounding it, so uh, I guess we're just going to start at the very beginning um, with, you know, when it was first conceived and what was happening and uh, all that good stuff. So I believe that the initial announcement regarding the Wii was back in 2005. And so here's the thing I remember very clearly. I believe Iwata was president. I think, I think he was. And uh, he came out and he showed this box. This and it was blue. Bo- was it blue? I want to say, I don't know. I want to say blue for some reason. Okay, so it was it was a color. It was white, black, or blue. Who knows really what yeah. it was? But um, it uh, it basically was described by many people as three DVD boxes in height and width and le- and everything. If you took three DVD boxes, stacked them on top of each other, that was about the size of the console you were getting. So I remember doing this. I remember going to my house and going to my house, just being in my house and <laughs> grabbing some DVD cases, stacking them on top of one another and being like, oh man, this is what the new Nintendo system is going to be like. <laughs> this is how big it's going to be. And yeah, I just I just remember doing that. Did you do that at all, Valid? Do you remember that statement that was made? I do remember the statement and... I remember the the images of him holding it up and just thinking, like, 
God, I want one of those so badly. I don't even know what it does, but I want one really badly. Because yeah. at that stage, it was called the Nintendo Revolution. Yes, so that was the initial... So we had no idea what it did. Right, so the name, the code name, as Nintendo do, and every company really does this in the industry, um, like some examples of, uh, you know, GameCube was Dolphin, um... I guess DS is an interesting one because I think its original name was actually Nitro and then DS was like a secondary code name. Project, what was Cafe? What was Project Cafe? Uh, that was Wii U. Wii oh, U was Project okay. Cafe, yeah. And um, and then there was Project Natal, which was the Connect. You know, all across the industry, you know, these companies use code names. Um, it's even, you know, just happened very recently. Sony just announced their virtual reality headset, which is called Project Morpheus, which I'm sure will not be the final name. They will, uh, of course, change that um, when the time comes to it. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's a thing that just happens in general. And and so everyone was kind of curious. It's like it's a cool name. Like Revolution was a really slick kind of thing. The box looked slick. It looked like it was going to be this really neat innovation. Um, and so I was super excited for it. I, I was thinking, you know, this is going to be a cool step forward. Nintendo are going to be doing some great stuff. Um, wh- what else do you remember, like, around that time? There wasn't really much uh, said about it. It was just a lot of hype about nothing, really, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It had been so long since the GameCube, and Nintendo were really not doing too great. And it it was really kind of... That it's kind of it's all that chat about oh Nintendo's back against the wall when their backs against the wall they produce the best stuff sort of thing and so we were kind of in that position and it was kind of a lot of hype like I said without knowing what the box did and I I mean I think when they said it was the revolution they obviously implied it was going to revolutionize gaming but we had no idea how at the time yeah. Like, what did that mean? What did that even mean? It was it was interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I can't remember what I thought it would mean. I thought it was... I, I, don't know, I was an open-minded young teenager up for whatever it was going to do, so... Exactly. I mean, it was a Nintendo console. We were going to buy it no matter what, so... Yeah. Yeah, we are kind of just into the ecosystem at that point. And yeah, especially, you know, after GameCube... I mean, we certainly weren't very aware of the industry at that time and, like, how sales were, but we were certainly aware of going into a game store and seeing the GameCube section be tiny and hardly any games, whereas Xbox and PS2 dominated the retail space. Like, that was mm. that was something that we knew about, that GameCube was certainly the least popular of the three consoles, yeah. and um, and that, that awareness was kind of like, you know what, maybe... This uh, this will be bigger and and hopefully you know it'll, it'll get more space in stores and it'll be interesting. So. Just keeping in line with the timeline, was that the same E three where it was the initial Twilight Princess trailer? I believe the Twilight Princess trailer was E three two thousand and four, so okay. it was a year after that. Um, I see. Yeah, that the, the the big hype for Twilight Princess because Twilight Princess originally a GameCube exclusive that was going to be on yeah. GameCube and it really is fundamentally still a GameCube game mm-hmm. um, in terms of you know visuals and everything and uh, and all that stuff but they just kind of slap stuff motion control but we'll we'll get to Twilight Princess of course a, a very important game of the Wii's launch but um, but yeah it, I mean there was like not much to be said apart from that they kind of went quiet on all fronts regarding the new system and there was just lots of speculation going on. 
Uh, and that was until, of course, they revealed, I believe it was at GDC, or maybe it was Tokyo Game Show, I think it was maybe Tokyo Game Show, they unveiled the Wii controller, which was it still wasn't called Wii at this point, it was mm-hmm. still called Revolution, and they showed the controller. This was huge. This just made waves everywhere. People were going crazy. Like, what the hell is this? Is this like a TV remote? Like, what's going on? What are they doing? This, And certainly, like, the idea of the name Revolution started coming into mind. And people were like, okay, so this is going to be something completely different. They are just going off in a weird direction here. Um, what were your first thoughts upon seeing the controller, Bally? I thought, my initial, my very first thought was actually just from a pure gaming perspective was where the hell's the analog stick and then i remember either you or someone else or something i read was oh yeah and then it comes with this nunchuck and it plugs in and i thought you know that's actually really cool and like i I didn't even consider the whole idea of waving around the wiimote by itself doing stuff i just thought oh you have like your hands apart that's really weird (laughs) definitely yeah obviously when it was clear it was motion control and then it was like whoa how's how's that gonna work what 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 on earth am i even gonna do with that like yeah people were coming up with all these possibilities and like it i actually i'm not sure if they even explicitly said it was motion control i mean they must have done like to explain the controller otherwise they're kind of putting it out there and like well here's a, a stick um yeah. and it, it kind of like looks like a regression unless you talk about motion controls i'm pretty sure they they probably did you know drill down into the fact that yeah this is going to be a new way to play this is going to be something different so there was certainly excitement i was also very much thinking when they announced the nunchuck and they were like there's this port in the back you can plug it into i was thinking wow they could probably like plug in a bunch of different things into this this Wii remote and yeah. do all these peripherals that's something that never really I feel happened you know there was never really yeah. a proliferation of uh, things that plugged into the Wii remote aside from the classic controller and the nunchuck like it didn't go much further than that mm. which I thought was a bit of a shame because I thought you know there'd be some cool other stuff um because Nintendo always known for their peripherals, like you know the Rumble Pack on N sixty four and that kind of stuff, and the uh, the light gun with the Super Nintendo, like all these all these weird things that they do. Um, they obviously did a bunch of peripherals on Wii, but um, you know those weren't necessarily connected to uh, the Wii remote itself. So, so yeah. Um, so after that, you know they they still weren't talking a lot about it. This is what Nintendo really do. I mean, they've lately they've been bucking that trend because of Nintendo Direct and how that has changed things. It's allowed them to do more frequent announcements across the year. Their management of the hype train has completely changed since that model. Definitely. Like, I mean, what they used to do was only use corporate shows to announce things. And that was the only time we'd get news, new news out of Nintendo. Whereas this time, you know, it could happen. You could be sitting there on a Wednesday and Nintendo tweets like, oh, by the way, tomorrow at 3 a.m. there's going to be a Nintendo Direct. Be ready. And you're like, oh, shit, something new's happening. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but um, definitely they, they, they control the hype train in a very different way back then and, um, you know, leak things out very, very slowly. So it wasn't until, I believe... Uh, a couple of weeks, maybe like a month or so before E3, that they dropped the big bombshell. The the one that sent the internet fucking crazy, which was the reveal uh, of the actual name of the system, which was not going to be called Revolution, and they called it Wii. <laughs> it w- and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so nowadays it's so synonymous. I mean, it's a brand name. Everyone understands and recognizes it. It's universal worldwide and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. but... 
at the time it was ridiculous. I mean, it still is pretty fucking ridiculous, but you know, it is. But we think it about it less now, don't we? Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. you know, PlayStation is a ridiculous name. I mean, come on, PlayStation. Like, what the hell? It sounds like some lame child's game. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and Xbox, it's like, ooh, we're trying to be cool and edgy. But you don't even think we. about those things anymore, you know? But I, uh, I remember actually being told what the name was. I didn't actually look it up myself at the time. And this is to bring Shaq back into this podcast yet again. Um, okay. We were, we were in school walking into some lesson, or maybe it was like early morning chapel. I can't even be bothered to explain what that is to our American <laughs> listeners. <laughs> too much of a tangent. Yeah, too much of a tangent. But go with me so we're walking in and he just goes oh yeah did you see they they announced the name of the revolution and i was like okay what what is it and he goes it's called the we and i was like you're bullshitting me like what, <laughs> what is this like are you serious and he goes no honestly it's called we and he and it's not it wasn't the we it was just we and it was like it can't be are you kidding me so i like later in the day went back and looked up online and sure enough and i was just absolutely gobsmacked i was so stunned that they'd gone with this wii it's just so strange <laughs> but I, I, it took me months to get used to it to be honest oh definitely i, I actually remember like you came around to my house and i have this wit so i have these memories just kind of just jump stand out at me for some reason this memory of us walking up the stairs to my room and like me saying like oh i'm not calling it we i'm just gonna call oh, it yeah. revolution yeah. i just remember that so vividly i'm just like no nah, i'm not calling it we i'm 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 just not i'm just calling it revolution that's the that's the name we're just gonna call it that and of course that's that never happened because you know mm. we got used to it and 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 all that stuff so but yeah it was a shock it was a huge shock and especially i feel like you know we felt a little bit um like they weren't going to break too much into the mainstream because they're like oh you know they're making this name that is so easy to make fun of and nintendo were relatively easy to make fun of you know for people of our age who are like 13 or whatever at the time and you know in school you know nintendo isn't a cool company you know they're they're not you know the hip hip uh, people <laughs> to you know have a console for so they're very much considered like a kiddie system so going down this route and making this name that is so easy to make fun of just made like made things even worse like, you're not gonna admit at school like oh yeah i have wee. a wee it's so great yeah? yeah so i don't know that was that was kind of a bit of a blow but um but it was it, it sunk in it. Yeah. and I think it was a really smart decision for them to announce it before E3 because if they'd gone into E3 and they'd announced the name there that is all anyone would have been talking about they wouldn't have concentrated on the system they wouldn't have concentrated yeah. on the games they were showing off so I think it was a good good idea to get out of the way early and just you know clear the path so that on E3 they could focus on the system the games and all the experiences they had on offer um, so that segues us nicely into E3 itself uh, in 2006, uh, which was, you know, six months before the launch. Um, they did actually, like, this is interesting because Wii U had two E3s, I feel like. It was, yeah, 2012 and 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 2011 and 2012 because I'm getting yeah, my no, timelines mixed sense, up. No. Right. So uh, we only had one where it was really showing off experiences and stuff. And so I remember pretty vividly um, because I downloaded this thing on my computer. It was like the E3 All Access, some nonsense, and it was like sponsored by GameSpot. And, and you could actually, this was the first time where I really got into internet video and watching stuff 
online because you could download things to this like app on on my computer and i watched all of the demos and they just had me mesmerized because they were doing all these cool things i'll tell you what the demo which had me the most excited was drums like there was this stupid tech demo with drums you held two wii remotes one in each hand and you were just like you hit the air and the drums would be hitting in like real time i was like oh my god that is so cool i really want that like i was it was one of those things that just came to me and i was like i'm so hyped about this drum tech demo of course that kind of ended up in like wee music and by that point i couldn't give a flying fuck but <laughs> at the time i Years was so later. i was so so into it do you remember much of that e3 and and the demos that was I the think, showed off was that the same one where they showed off Twilight Princess, and this is how you fire an arrow, and this is yes. How you... I think they show they they announced the Twilight Princess would be you know a GameCube and Wii title. Yeah, I thought the Twilight Princess footage and the demonstration using the Wii Remote and Nunchuck combo was the thing that got me the most excited at that point in time. Um, right. Obviously, Wii Tennis and this Wii Sports was great, but I, for some reason, I was just more excited about the idea of firing an arrow and stuff like that. And I mean, even at that E3, they had footage of Galaxy. Yeah, and Galaxy. I thought was they had looking... a playable. They did. Yeah, they did. Thing, they did yeah. have a playable demo uh, at that E3. I remember watching some footage of people playing it, and it was just like it was mind blowing the stuff they were doing yeah. because it was this was you know Galaxy. We kind of fail to remember at this point because it's so synonymous now, but it was such a game changer. It was really. Out I, I of seem left to remember field. that that. Um demo didn't have much gravitational stuff but it was yeah. kind of like a bit similar to how 3d world wasn't showing its full potential it, uh, like that it was just showing this is mario he looks really awesome and here he is jumping around this generic level and it was kind of still quite whoa that looks so much better than sunshine did um from the game right Cube, so and i mean to draw comparisons between you know last year's e3 and th- this e3 that we're talking about you know, 3D World's reveal compared to Galaxy's reveal. It's just like light years apart, yeah, pardon the pun. But, you know, um, Nintendo were really kicking ass there. I feel like Galaxy was really on the coattails of that whole hype train from Wii Sports especially. And it was, oh, here's this new re- remote. And don't forget, we've got um, Mario. And then it was like, oh, yeah, Mario's looking really good. And it was kind of getting more media attention than it normally would. Yeah, sure. Um yeah, I mean, I remember that Twilight Princess demo as well because it was part of Gorham Mines uh, mm. ended up being uh, that that segment. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, Wii Sports was the big one though. Wii Sports was the game that I remember everyone was talking about, like, you know, the sites that I was reading and that kind of stuff. Everyone was talking about Wii Sports and, you know, just the lines for people to play it and everyone to give it a try was ridiculous and that was the big hit. Um, and, I mean, it ended up being the best-selling game of all time but you know you know whatever casual <laughs> um which is which is pretty crazy but um but yeah so that was e3 it was it was a fun time it was exciting and uh and you know it was kind of building up a lot of hype for the launch and so before launch nintendo had a pretty solid marketing campaign like i can't actually really remember the uk advertisements do you remember the individual you know adverts that were in the uk being aired uh not really i swear it was just some people standing around swinging their arms with the wheel yeah and yeah but i think that the american one was much more significant it was about it was these two japanese men going around to people's homes and then bowing and we then that like bow 
yeah, we would like to play yeah. the the mo- the the tagline they used, and like them bowing and turning into the two eyes of we. Like it was it was smart. It was really good, and they certainly they hit the mainstream running because they were on all these daytime TV shows, these shows that you know moms would watch in the middle of the day. I say mom because mom. I'm referring to America, <laughs> um, and they really kind of caught that you know blogger mom kind of you know yeah idea so so yeah they they were on that and that really contributed to the launch uh which was december november december november so it was november for america yeah and it was december for something for us it was the it was december 8th and i remember that day and i will never forget that day neither will i i'll never forget that day. i finished my week-long art exam on that day yeah yeah you did then I guess we should get on with the launch, the launch day story. story. Yeah, so exactly. We, we all went to our friend uh, Ali T's house, all three of us, after school on a Friday, and he had the system. Um, I think my mum had bought the system for me during the day, um, and that was sitting for me at home, but we were all going to Ali T's house to play his system and see what all the hype was about. So we all got got to his house, and then and then Ali T was kind of playing it cool, like oh I don't, I don't even know how to set up this thing, and I'm like don't worry Ali T, I've watched like thirty videos of Americans <laughs> opening it online, I'll help you out, and we just set it up in two seconds, got the wee bar out, the motion, the motion plot. The- what am I even trying to say? The the sensor bar. There we go. We yeah. got the sensor bar set up. And then the thing that shocked me most about this unboxing, I think you might agree, MBZ, was how tiny the Wii remotes were. Yes. They, yes. like, I, my hands, I don't think my hands grown a terrible amount since I was like 13, 14, but they were just tiny. They just felt so delicate and small and intricate. Um, it felt really Japanese. I was shocked. I was utterly stunned because I I came in later. You know, you guys were already there, so I came later. Oh right. And you handed me a Wii remote, and I held it and looked at it, and I'm like, "It's this small? Like what?" I was utterly shocked because you know I'd only seen it in videos and in footage online, and I'd never really paid attention too much to the scale difference mm. between someone holding it and the actual the controller. And so holding it in my own hands was just... I'm holding one right now in my hands, just looking at it. I, you know, now I, I don't even have a second thought about it, but it was tiny. And I was shocked. I was like, what? It's really this small? This is so weird. Um, so yeah, that that is definitely a standout thing that, that I thought. Um, but my launch story was a little different, a little more... Uh, sad. sad. <laughs> well, we could put it that way. So, <laughs> So I didn't pre-order it i made the mistake of not doing that because i'd never pre-ordered anything before like i didn't think i needed to i didn't know that the wii was going to be this ridiculous it's not something you do as a nintendo fan at that point in time oh exactly <laughs> i mean you know, stuff. coming off the the poor sale of gamecube and all that stuff that you know I'm, I'm thinking i can walk in day one pick up a wii go home and be happy and that wasn't the case because they just weren't anywhere. They were nowhere. And I kind of realized, I realized just a few days before launch that this was going to happen. And that, you know, after hearing stories from America, how no one could find one and they were out of stock, I was like, shit, that's probably going to happen here too. So I told my mom to like go and, and go to game and like 
get a pre-order down, see if that was possible. And she tried, and she did, and, and she got one sorted. And she's like, okay, they'll they'll text me, and, and we should be okay. I was like, okay, fine, this, this should be good. <laughs> and then, like, she doesn't get a text, and she doesn't get a call from them or anything. And I'm like, my heart sinks. I'm like, oh my god, no, this can't be happening. This is this isn't happening. This is my one day, my launch day. This is the time when I should have the system and be playing it. And I didn't have it, and I was just oh, it was dis- it was distressing. It really was because I was just so invested, and we had like we had built up the hype for this system so much. We yeah. just been unbelievably excited for it and you know at that age it it means a lot it's like life or death so yeah i didn't have it on launch day uh and you know i had a great deal of fun playing it with you guys but i went home and didn't have a system so the next day i had to go to school because uh we went to a school which had saturday <laughs> another school, long so. story <laughs> yeah well you know um i went to school and got picked up uh by my mom and sister and I, like you know the evening uh, before i told them you know can you please go out tomorrow morning try and find one please <laughs> i want it now because <laughs> i really needed it and um and so you know they came and got me and i got into the car and like I just didn't say anything because I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to ask whether they got one. And my mom and sister are in the front seat. I'm like, oh, so, so did you go and get And she's like, yeah, I went and they didn't have any. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like really Cry. fucking sad, but I wasn't like showing it or anything. I was just like silent the rest of the journey back. <laughs> I got home. I got home and I just like... I was I went mad in my room. This is really weird. I was just I took my pillow and started like sm- <laughs> smashing it against the bed. I was fucking angry as hell. I started smashing my pillow against the bed, and I just like went in and got a shower, had a shower, came out, and then got changed. Went downstairs. I walk into the front room where the TV is. And god damn it, my mum had lied to me because sitting right there in front of the TV was the Wii box Ugh. and like Super Monkey Ball and everything was there and I was just fucking stoked. And uh, yeah, so my mum was a massive troll. And, that is uh, a great story. Yeah. I, I <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it eventually turned out happy for me. So I got it the day after launch. But Fair I had enough. One. I had one. I guess we should say that you and me both got the same launch games, which, correct me if I'm wrong, were obviously Wii Sports. Yes. Wii Play, because we both wanted the extra Wiimote. Exactly. Uh, Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. And Monkey Ball. Yeah, I, I forgot you got Monkey Ball as well. You, yeah. And I think Ali T got just the first three, so he got Wii Sports, yes. Wii Play, and Twilight Princess. So, he yeah. did, yeah. So yeah, yeah, Friday evening, I mean, we just played some Wii Sports 2 player, didn't we? And we yeah. did a bit of Wii Play as well, I seem to remember. And then uh, we... What I remember is that we played Wii Play while Ali T sat on his DS and didn't play and participate. He wanted, <laughs> he, he wanted to play Zelda, and he was yeah. like, well, I don't care about Wii Play. Uh, we... so. <laughs> and we were like, okay, Ali T, you can have your time with Zelda. So we just sat there and watched him play about the first maybe half hour of Twilight Princess, which was yeah. good fun to watch. And mm-hmm. we were just so, like, hyped. It was ridiculous. Oh, um, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, did you go back and play much Twilight Princess that weekend? Uh, I think I did, yeah. I mean, I didn't put a huge amount of time into it, but I got, you know, through the first area and probably up to, like, the first dungeon uh, was, mm. was what I did. But, yeah, I, I, I was getting into... I mean, 
Twilight Princess was actually the first Zelda game that I had properly owned on my own because I never really yeah. was into the series at that point. It was mm. like the first Zelda game I got into. You're right. Um, Me and Ali T were already hooked on kind of Wind Waker and right. other a few other games. Um, yeah, and you had Minish Cap and uh, yeah. and that stuff. So, so yeah, it was really my first entry into the series, and I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. And uh, you know, fitting because I actually recorded some Twilight Princess I today. Go <laughs> check it out, guys. Come yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, 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 it was, it was, it was great. But there's another notable launch title that none of us got, but mm-hmm. received a lot of attention. I remember the infamous, uh, the infamous review in O and M of Red Steel, which they gave ninety one percent, which I believe is really? a stand is a standout from the majority of uh, games media because majority of people said it was utter trash and. You know, from what I could tell, yeah, it was pretty crappy, um, and it didn't really fulfill any of the promises of, uh, you know, using swordplay and gunplay on the Wii that well. Mm. I think Red Steel 2 eventually ended up being okay, but but this game was just a mess uh, from from all accounts, and none of us got it because we weren't really Although, into that kind of stuff. To highlight him again, he's really famous this episode, Shaq picked it up. Um, I really? think he got a Wii I think a few months after launch and he certainly picked it up and played I, th- I don't know if he completed it or not I, I suspect he probably did because he's that kind of person but right. um, I don't know what he thought about it I don't think he thought it was particularly bad But did um, you ever go around to his place and I think play I might have watched him play I don't think I played it myself it didn't okay I mean we're, at the time especially I really didn't give a about like FPSs oh, or yeah. swinging a sword around, so I was, I was just like, yeah, that's okay, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll our tastes, and... our tastes weren't in that kind of area. But so. I think there is one epic story we should also mention in this segment. Yes, definitely. Which I'm you sure go you, ahead because we were getting you. to. So, so I think that we had maybe been out for a few weeks, maybe a week yeah. or two. Yeah, and definitely. I came around to your house one weekend, and we thought, you know what, we've not tried yet. We've not tried the multiplayer. Because there must have been about fifty mini games. There were exactly fifty. Exactly yes. for uh, Super Monkey Ball. Banana, it was Banana Blitz. Banana yeah. Blitz. Yeah. And there was one game in particular we really enjoyed. Actually, now you have to remember that this was before. Um. That, well, I won't spoil the story yet. Okay, so we were playing the game base. Monkey Baseball. Um, The premise is that it's just timing. There's like a machine that throws a ball and you have to hit the ball as far as you can. You basically swing the Wiimote and that's literally it. Um, So you took your turn. hit the. I took my turn. We had a few turns each and then it was back to my turn. And now being a good boy like I am, I was wearing my strap Mm -hmm. and I had... My hand was... my hand was okay. It wasn't that sweaty, really. And I, just... I think we should also point out that at this time, there were lots of stories going around. Loads. We remote smashing TVs HD because people TVs. weren't wearing the straps. Yeah. yeah. People not wearing the straps, just being idiots, destroying everything. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a good boy and wear my strap. And so the ball... It should also meant describe your room. So this is like your main room. Yeah. Quite large, um, not a whole lot to hit near me. If if yeah, it was uh, a big open yeah, space. Yeah, big open space. Um, so the ball pitches, 
I swing my my arm pretty fast, and basically the Wiimote slides out of my hand, and I I kind of think at that well, I wasn't thinking that quickly obviously, but I thought you know I've got my strap on it's not nothing, the strap breaks, yeah, and the Wiimote continues to soar across the room, and just and just makes the biggest it was a pretty loud noise it just smashes into your double glazed window I should add and thank fuck it didn't (laughs) break it because it just hit it made a massive dong and then just fell to the floor and we were both just standing there with our mouths wide open like I felt so bad that I'd almost smashed your window and at the same time, I was so thankful it hadn't. And I just remember we were just standing there silent and your mum walks in like, what was that? And then you were like, <laughs> oh yeah, Bally just threw his Wiimote against the window. And I was just like, yeah, my, my strap broke. Yeah, it was really, yeah. really bad. But, so, and yeah. And, and that, that Wii Remote has never really worked properly since then. Yeah, that right? Wii Remote, I think I finally binned it like four years later because it just constantly kept disconnecting because it definitely was something up with it inside you'd taken a mortal injury absolutely but on. yeah so lesson lesson was learnt and later obviously the we'll get on to that I'm sure but the the condoms came out oh yeah and they help a lot and they feel comfortable and reinforced straps as well so yeah yeah the straps got much better and they did all that so so we're uh, in a much better position now but um but there you go so yeah I mean uh not much else uh, for the launch experience. I think we covered yeah, most no, of everything. But uh, that's going to do it for the first segment of our Wii Retrospective. But when we return, we are going to be uh, taking a look at some of our favorite games from the Wii's lifespan and uh, going through them chronologically. So I uh, hope you guys will stick around and we will be right back. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the podcast where we will continue our retrospective of the Wii. And, um, you know, after talking about all the launch stories and all that great stuff, let's get into the games. Let's talk about the things that define the system, the games we were excited about and uh, the ones that we were playing and, and, and all that good stuff. So let's talk, uh, let's just jump in with the, the big guns straight away. So after, we did talk a bit about the launch games in 2006, and I think we covered those well enough, you know, I, we both loved Twilight Princess and, and, you know, had good fun with the other things, but the main one, the big gunner, was uh, Mario Galaxy, the original Mario Galaxy. Now, I remember very distinctly with Galaxy that you had this game before I did, um, and did I? yes, you did, and so I remember the day you got this because I was voice chatting on DS with you 
Oh, and that's how we used to communicate. I yes, we communicate. We didn't use phones, guys. <laughs> we we used the Wii Message Board. That's something we should probably talk about as well. Though that, yeah. that's more related to kind of launch, but mm. the Wii Message Board and DS Voice Chat. And um, I remember being on like Voice Chat. I can't remember what game it was. It may have been Pokemon because yeah, Galaxy came Pokemon. out after yeah. after we had Pokemon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we I, I remember, and then you had Ali T around at your house. And like both of you are not telling me that you had Galaxy, and then like you went off to like some secret room and it was like, oh, by the way, I have Galaxy because you you and Ality were like doing what? something where yeah, you and Ality had a pact where you weren't gonna <laughs> tell me that you had it, but you broke it by going off and secretly telling me in another room. Uh, and I was, I was what? like, I don't remember this. I I remember this That's distinctly. And I was like, oh man, I really want it, and I didn't have it at the time, so. I had to wait a bit longer, but what were your first impressions of playing Galaxy for that first time? Really, really good, because at that age, I was not very good at completing games in the slightest. The vast majority of my gaming experience was, how do you call it, like... Party games? Pick up and play games, so racing games, driving games, sports games, Wii, Wii Sports and Mario Kart and games like that are perfect examples. Burnout and Mario too. Party. Mario Party, yeah. These sort of short thrills that don't have a story mode or a adventure mode, they're, and they're not... And they're, often quite multiplayer orientated so yeah and i mean that makes a lot of sense because you know when we were younger we'd go around to each other's house so often that yeah the games we'd play would always be multiplayer and yeah. so that's what we lent towards so this was the probably one of the first games that i played from start to finish in the space of it did take me quite a while but it was i, I literally 100 percented this game well, apart from all the Luigi stuff, and I've not done that. I'm not sure that really counts, but sure. Okay, sure. But with Mario, I got every single star. And it took me a few months, and I remember you being incredibly impressed that I'd managed to do this, MBZ, at the time. It drove it drove me to go and do it myself. Yeah. No, and consistently after school and at weekends, I'd happily just sit down by myself and play up to maybe an hour, and like not a massive amount, but just... And I was, I'd constantly get stars. I think part of this was... It was so visually appealing and at the same time had great ideas and innovative ideas. And on top of that, for me at that time, it was quite an easy game. Well, not easy, but so much more simple than previous games I'd played, like Mario Sunshine, which oh, I played. Certainly a I step sort of down reached, in difficulty from Sunshine. Exactly. So I sort of reached my peak with Sunshine and... Um, got stuck and then not never went back to it fully. I mean, I have since quite a bit. Um, still not completed it. I really should do that. But this game, Mario Galaxy, was just so much easier to pick up and play and visually fantastic. It was just so many crazy ideas being thrown at the wall. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it because every world was something new and there were these, you know, just different things and the way that you had to wrap your head around the gravity manipulation was just... It was crazy. It was like nothing you'd ever seen before, and it just it literally redefined the 3D platformer. Which, honestly, Mario's a game which is you know very solitary in, in the 3D platforming genre. There, there aren't a huge amount of them, but goddamn, does it does it own that that kind of uh, that franchise? And you know, so <clears throat> Galaxy was fantastic, and and we've spent a great amount of time playing it. There was uh, you know another game that came out in 2007 that caught our interest which was Excite Truck and this is a game that you had before I did 
and me going over to your house and playing it convinced me that I needed this game. I remember I was uh, in the um, some shopping place, uh, a mall for you Americans, and <laughs> I was like with my sister and and I was like, oh, mom, I really want this new game, this Wii game, Excite Truck. I played it at Bally's house, and she was like, okay, I'll get it for you. So I, we got Excite Truck, and I was super stoked about it because it was a racing game that I could beat you at. And the reason I could beat you at it was because it wasn't necessarily about coming first, which exactly, was interesting. Yeah. It was about getting points and doing tricks and uh, and that kind of stuff. And for some reason, I was really good at that. I was really good at doing all these twists in the air and these drifts, these long drifts to get mm. all the massive points. And so multiple times, like, you would win the race, but I would actually win overall because of the points difference. I remember uh, feeling really helpless as well because I'd be winning the race... But you just your driving style simply racked up more stars than mine did. So mine did. So wh- whether I won the race or came second, I was just like, I literally can't win whatever I do. Like I'd be in the lead trying to do all this crazy shit to try and get more stars and just failing massively. Like yeah, yeah no, it's it's a really nice game. Um, the controls aren't perfect but they did the job because yeah. because it's an off-roading game and there's no track it feels like you don't have to be as precise as necessarily you would want to be with something like Mario Kart or another driving game oh definitely I just called Mario Kart a driving game but yeah (laughs) that sideways style of racing was adopted by pretty much every racing game that hit the platform most notably by Mario Kart with the wheel but it was the first one to do it it was the one that kind of led the way on that and was like you hold it this way and you turn as if you're like it was such a cool concept at the time because none of these ideas had Mm. yet been implemented of course they're really stale and we don't really care for them at this point but and that was just a great sense of speed and the gameplay was relatively innovative in the sense that it did what the original excite bike did which was you have your boost and it's all about controlling your boost and not overheating which is probably the most the thing that's the most similar to excite bike with that game and you're constantly for example you can drive through water to make sure you stay cool and just stuff like that it's really 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 well designed and i definitely put a lot of hours into that game Oh, definitely. Um, it was unfortunate we never got the sequel, Excite Bots, which actually uh, had an online mode, and mm. uh, uh, from all I've heard, was is really good and a great follow up. But it only came out in the US, so we never saw it, oh, which well. is a bit of a shame. But <clears throat> there are plenty of other games that came out that year, including Metro Prime Three, um, a game that neither of us have played. I actually own it. I bought it second hand a while back. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I oh, do. I uh, got it from Kex. Uh, Need uh, to get on that. Ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know Ali T played that and he he enjoyed it. Um, there's Super Paper Mario, which was the kind of uh, less acclaimed follow up to the GameCube uh, GameCube game GameCube version. Um, Remember Ali, Ali T. T got that game as well, and he actually had a glitch where it just he couldn't get any further. It kept hanging in exactly the same spot. He said, right, and he must have right. done it about three times. <laughs> yeah, I think I, he said he then traded the game in or something. He traded it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one was Mario Strikers Charged. Uh, I'm not sure if you got this or did you. You pick this up Did that? Are you kidding me? I have this. I played so much of this. I guess you did. Oh, I'm just getting confused with the GameCube version. Yeah, no, I didn't own the GameCube version, although I have played it and it's great too. But I bought this game much later than 07, I seem to remember, and absolutely loved this game. Um, played a lot of online, right? I, I believe this was one of the first online games. Yeah, on no, absolutely. It, I think it was the first. I think the big deal was that it came out in Europe first. So right. basically, Europeans were the first people ever to play 
online Wii. And it was mixed. Some games were a little glitchy. Others were completely smooth um, from my experience. Absolutely loved this game. It really evolved a lot from the GameCube game. Um, I've got it with me in London just now, actually. I played a bit a while ago. But, yeah, it's a really good game. Um, Some other notable mentions. Fire Emblem, which I still haven't played, but from what I've heard, you know, it's a solid game. And Pokemon Battle Revolution, which, uh, again, one of the first online games on Wii. I believe the first one in Japan. And, um, you know, I I have certainly had my fill of Battle Revolution, and I've done a lot of it. Um, and it's, it's cool, but it wasn't necessarily the Pokemon console game that everyone wanted. And it um, wasn't even like Pokemon Stadium is the problem. No, it, it, yeah. it felt much hollower, and it had less of a soul than Stadium. You know, it just felt like this... The simulation without mm. any, you know, frills. That was it. It was very straight up and simple, and, and no messing around. Um, the other, actually, the other significant one was WarioWare, which we're not going to talk a huge amount about. But yeah, Ali T was around at my house when that game launched as well, and we blasted through the single player. It was a very short game to do. Yeah. But WarioWare was hilarious on Wii. I don't think it's the best WarioWare. I think it's probably yeah. one of the weaker ones. But there was some really hilarious things that that game offered, and especially when the, the system was new and gimmicks were kind of fresh, it, it felt okay. And it, it felt enjoyable, and I, I liked it. It was, it was a good time. Um, and it's a good multiplayer mode. Decent multiplayer mm-hmm. mode as well. But the, the other really significant one, uh, which I this is the game which I put the most hours into on my Wii Guitar Hero 3 um, I remember getting so excited for this game and this is the thing I didn't really have an awareness of Guitar Hero until after you owned oh, it yeah. and was playing it and ah uh, yeah so many yeah so I I was actually getting I got into Muse just before Guitar Hero came out this was just as they released uh, Black Holes and Revelations Yes. Um, it was out, out about a year before the game. So I was getting into Muse through this album, and I was obsessed with Knights of Cydonia. And before I even had heard of Guitar Hero 3, I loved this song. So then when I found out that Knights of Cydonia was in this game, I was uh, I was freaking out. I, did, uh, I think I got this near launch day, if not on launch day for the Wii. And I remember my mum bringing it home thinking like, what the hell is in this box? It's absolutely huge. And then I show her, it's a plastic guitar, mum. Look, how <laughs> cool is this? And then it's just like, I played so... And I, I remember mastering medium difficulty and showing you Knights of Cydonia on medium and you were just stunned at how I was like that was yeah. the story I was going to bring up I go over to your house and I sit down and you're like let me show you this guitar hero thing I'm like okay and you just start playing this song and notes are flying past and, and you are just nailing everyone <laughs> just fucking perfect I'm like holy shit how are you doing that like I was like stunned into silence like Bali you're a fucking genius like my lord and um and yeah I, I, I was just fucking taken by it I was like oh my god I need this I need to play this and learn this and get this and I was just so so obsessed mm. with it and it wasn't until Christmas of that year that I actually got it but I did and very quickly just went crazy on it yeah. and surpassed you and surpassed yeah. Ali T and just just, just <laughs> I just we I did stop. I did have my speciality songs. <laughs> Yo, you did, definitely. You had those <laughs> but songs. But then that you, you were just really good blew at. me away with the majority after a while. And I think the thing was like you were much more rhythm based, whereas I, I was just destroying things like Dragon Force and yeah. single oh, single string God. stuff. 
just to put it out there for uh, listeners, um, MBZ can complete Dragon Force on hard. I'm not even joking. Well, I think for the majority of the internet, it's not probably a big deal. Oh, yeah. There's lots of crazy, <laughs> yeah. lots of crazy people out there. We're just who... preaching to the choir right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lots of people who can do much yeah. better than that. But that's a big accomplishment for yeah. me anyway. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's one of my... At this point, we should probably mention all the other guitar games that we bought. Um, I'll just list sure. the ones I bought, certainly. Um, I bought Guitar Hero Aerosmith. Uh, Guitar Hero Van Halen actually my friend bought that for my Wii because he was keen to play it um, I bought Guitar Hero 4 and Guitar Hero 5 I think and then Ford on top- wasn't a Guitar Hero 4 4 was World Tour which I got which had the drums oh World Tour you're right I missed World Tour yeah it had the drums and the new guitar with the slide pad mm. and um, the vocals yeah and I remember getting 5 because it had the couple of Nirvana songs um, so and then obviously we both got Green Day Rock Band, which I actually think is the best out of the lot, to be honest. Because I really like Green Day Rock Band. Green Day fan, but yeah. Definitely. Uh, I also got Guitar Hero Metallica. Yeah. And I think I got six Warriors of Rock. Um, oh, I bought really? I bought that in a sale really recently. Oh really? Like, oh, yeah, cool. for like two fifty or something, something really cheap. So I'll admit now I bought way too many games, and if I had to pick two, it would probably be Guitar Hero Five and Green Day Rock Band. I think if I wanted to just refine my collection, those are the two I'd want, because I think I just went crazy with them a bit. Yeah, well, I, I can never let go of 3. 3 is my favourite, and I think it really? has... Yeah, oh, I love 3. I think 3 is amazing, and it, none of the other games really ever surpassed it for me. Maybe that was because, you know, I just played it for so many hours, and I was just so invested in all the songs, but I think, like, they really had a good selection of songs which worked amazingly with that system mm. so i was gonna yeah. say that guitar hero 3 on wii was actually the best selling guitar hero which is right it's pretty mean pretty feet. shocking when you see like how much wii u is failing right now that's like saying oh yeah the call of duty on wii u is the best selling one like, right exactly yeah kind of third party game being the best selling yeah so it's a, we should move on to uh yeah 2008 which was big. Uh, 08 was Massive. the year of the killer killer titles, uh, including Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, and of course, a huge market opener for Nintendo, Wii Fit. Mm. Um, so I guess we can just, I guess, you know, take Smash and Mario Kart, maybe we'll go with Mario Kart first. Um, I know you played so much of this, especially oh, yeah. online. I mean... I think this is the game I've put most hours into on Wii by quite a long way. Um, I loved this game. I, 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 I was at first I was a bit mixed about the bikes, but then eventually, with the natural progression in Mario Kart Wii, all the best players start using the bikes, and they use two specific bikes, bikes which are the Mac bike and the Bowser bike. And me and Ali T were actually really like evenly matched at, at times. Um, with Mario Kart, whereas between I think between you and me, MBZ, it was a little, the gap was a little wider. Let's just say. Uh, don't say a little wider. It was like fucking seventeen <laughs> miles wide. So that was a shame that we never really had enough yeah. close races. And you know, um, as much as you love Mario Kart Wii, it is without a doubt my least favorite in the series. I think Mario Kart Wii is a weak title, and I think that there's. It's too chaotic. It's just far too chaotic for me because of the fact that you had so many players in one single race, especially online. It became too much, and I couldn't handle it. It just, it was overwhelming, and um, 
and yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't really good at it, so I wasn't having a huge yeah. amount of fun. Um, which kind I mean, of I personally really liked the twelve racers, and I, I thought it was a shame they took that out. Um, I don't, I can't quite remember for Mario Kart Eight whether it's eight or twelve. Can you? Uh, I believe it's. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't think they've actually announced it. Yeah, oh, so haven't I'm not they? Sure. I'm sure you yeah. could work it out from some of the screenshots. But, sure. Um, yeah. I'd personally like it if they brought back twelve. Um, I agree. It was chaotic, and that pack, like if you're pack in the packed in the middle at like five, six, seven, eighth, it's absolutely crazy. Um, but I've played so much much multiplayer just with like uh, people at, at uni and stuff, and it was just really really good fun. Um, not my favorite Mario Kart, I'll agree. My two favorites are probably Seven and Double Dash. I yeah, think. the the thing that has to be said for Mario Kart that it's so good at doing is bridging the bridging the gap between you know the casual non gamer and the gaming crowd because it's yeah. a game that really anyone can play. It's mm. really simple. It's a lot of fun, and it's just easy to pick up. And you know there are so many control methods for Mario Kart Wii, especially yeah. that you know anyone anyone from you know any background can easily understand and it just it had the Wii Sports effect where you know turn it on its side it's a wheel and you understand yeah. that fundamentally <laughs> it's a fundamental thing you get so and there was yeah. like a mode in the game where you could take drift off so you'd just your car would naturally do a sort of half drift if you turned the corner and sure. it's just that makes it so easy for grandma you know like just here grandma here's a Wiimote turn it on its side and start driving and it's just kind of right. like it's good. You know, it with the Wii well. wheel, as dumb as that accessory was, it kind of helped uh, some people. I feel. I you I know. used it for the first about first few weeks, few months of that game. I that's yeah, all same. I used, and it was great fun. But then eventually, I realized, yeah, it's it's not quite as good as it as. Yeah. So I think I went with a GameCube pad in the end. Um, yeah, so did I. So did yeah. I. So yeah. And the, and the Wii mode um, is good too. But. Talking of GameCube pad, uh, we most definitely used a hell of a lot of that thing with Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Oh my god. What a game. Um, this game was big for us. It was pretty huge. Because I think the gap between Melee and Brawl, we had discovered Nintendo. That's, that's the... I was just about to say, like, Melee was a learning experience for us, whereas Brawl was a genuine retro retrospective kind of nostalgic experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there were so many neat little nods to everything. And that's the thing I love so much about Smash. You know, not just the fact that it's a great fun party fighting game and that all these characters are represented but all the little tidbits like all the tiny you know sticker things and the trophies and all of that just put together in one package that game even had like incredibly short demos i had no idea whether how that worked but you could play like five minutes or something of ocarina of time and do you remember that mode yeah i do yeah so it's just and you could play like 30 seconds of the original Legend of Zelda and stuff like that. It's just really, I have no idea how they did that, but it's just like a nice little touch to say like, hey, we're Nintendo, we go back a long way, this is us. And it was so telling when Sony released their equivalent of Smash Brothers, just how badly it did in comparison. Like, oh, yeah. this game, Brawl, was just, it's just Nintendo showing off, basically, and it and as a Nintendo fan, that's it's really great to see. I mean, Smash Brothers is the definition of fan service. Yeah, like, it is fan service on a disc, and uh, and they make it every few years, and 
we lap it up and you know this year is going to be a smash year the, you know this is the 2008 for wii u this is smash and mario kart yeah both coming out in the same year so you know hopefully we'll see you know repeated success but who can tell um mm. uh, other notable things coming out uh that came out this uh, year in 2008 was okami which um you know was the re-release from the ps2 and I haven't played Okami. I've played a bit of Okami Den on DS, um, but but none of the actual Okami. But this is a hugely acclaimed game, and I think it found uh, a bit more success commercially on Wii because you know the system was, um, you know, it, it was available to a bunch of people who maybe weren't into PS2. And that's a game I'd really like to try at some point. Oh, definitely. Okami. And I mean, it's such yeah. a Zelda clone—not clone, but it's very similar to yeah. Zelda. Could try and so. steal it off Ali T. You probably could at some point, definitely. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, which, you know, it may seem at this point, you know, there's been so many of these and they're just ha- crappy minigame hashes, but there was a huge, huge seller for Nintendo and Sega. And um, mm. and I played some stuff with my cousins. It was fun enough. It wasn't anything mind-blowing, but it was decent. And there was, there was Animal Crossing this year as well. Animal Crossing, which... Um, I don't we, know. We were both very disappointed with. Yeah, I mean, we both got it. We both enjoyed it for maybe a couple of weeks and then just fizzled out. It but just... the biggest reason for that is because we'd already had the full experience with the DS version. Yeah. And I feel like had we gone to the Wii one straight away, we would have had a fantastic experience, but it, yeah. we were just a bit burned out. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, you know, it, it, not all Animal Crossings are going to hit in the same way as your first one. It's just the way it is. And I feel that's just the case. And, you know, I played New Leaf uh, last year and I enjoyed it for about a month and a half. And and then I was just like, ah, it's Animal Crossing. I'm done. I'll, I've got other things to play, you know. And um, yeah, yeah. So uh, the big one, though, the real huge one, Wii Fit. Uh, this was <laughs> just a wave maker in terms of, you know, just increasing the sales potential of the Wii and uh, opening up to an even more expanded audience, hitting the market of, you know, getting fit uh, in a kind of relatively cheap way. Uh, it was amazing. And I'm not even sure why I bought it, to be honest, but we both did. I can't even remember, like, the reasoning behind it. I think I was just kind of really into the Wii series of games. Like, I love Wii Sports. Wii Play was great. I was like, oh, it's another one of those. Wii Fit, let's do it. Let's get this crazy thing. I was more kind of into, like, the balance games and that kind of stuff as opposed to actually getting fit. uh, Because there were a lot of fun ones there. I'll admit I did quite a lot of the fitness stuff. And... God, my voice is really dropping. I'm sorry about this. Um, and and I I did all the yoga and the muscle exercises and the cardio exercises and the games. And I just lapped it all up for a good few weeks. And then I'd come back to it every now and then, months down the line. And even last year at university, me and and Charlie, this is another friend of mine, we we every time after we went to the gym, we would go back and weigh ourselves on Wii Fit because we just loved the way that it would graph like our weight and our BMI or whatever it was. So we, we even like last year I was using it. Um, right. And I'm definitely um, open to the idea of We Fit You for the future. Totally. And, you know, there was that free month promotion which neither of us took advantage of. Oh, have we missed it? I think so, yeah. Oh, no. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't get in on that. But I don't know. It's always there. And we already own the peripheral. So it's a relatively true. low barrier to entry at that point. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you know, we we fit made waves. It was just such a huge hit, and 
I did get my parents into it for like a few weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, same here, same. Yeah. Like, I, I got them to try some stuff out, and you know, they played it for a bit. And I, you yeah. know, my sister probably played it the most out of the members of my family. Oh, really? Um, because we just went back and forth a lot of the time. It was just doing the skiing mini game. We just go back and forth doing yeah, that, see so who could get the longest one. jump. I think that was my favorite one. Um, you know, just you know, jumping the up slalom the skiing. Wow, that is difficult. That was really hard. Yeah, really, really difficult. very difficult. Um, but those were great. I loved those mini games. I thought they were fantastic. And mm. yeah, the the fit stuff was cool too. I just didn't do a huge amount of it. Um, I don't know. Just didn't end up uh, hitting too much. So. Yeah, that was 2008. It was pretty big. It was when Wii was hitting its stride. You still were having trouble finding them, and so many. It was really solid... weird, wasn't it? Everyone was yeah. thought that they were doing it on purpose for publicity. Just sure. Oh, you can't find the Wii. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, moving on to 2009, which was a very weak year, I feel in general. Um, for not us, too at many... least. Yeah, and, and just overall, like, not too many tentpole things. All the big ones had hit by this point. You'd had a Mario game, you'd had a Zelda game, you'd had a Metroid game, you'd had, you know, the three big franchises and Smash and Mario Kart. Like, all these things had hit. Even Animal Crossing was out. So we got New Super Mario Brothers Wii, which, eh, you know. Neither of, it, us, I, neither of us picked up. Neither of us got it. Neither of us were interested we in were it. We were satisfied from the DS version. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't something that was going to, you know, push me over the edge. I wasn't at all interested. There was Wii Sports Resort, which neither of us picked up at all at the time. I since bought it retroactively. I, I got it, you? like, last year. Yeah, I, oh. I got it cheaply. That's what I do. Um, I just go to, like, these used game stores and look for old Wii games that I was always interested in for, like, £5, and I pick them up. So I managed to find that one for... I got that one for £10, actually, which oh. I thought was a good deal because those games never go down in price ever mm -hmm. so so that was decent but um so there were those two games which would i guess they were fine um but nothing like there was nothing exciting about them because we'd already had wii sports we already had new super mario brothers so they, these were yeah. just iterations um i think the most exciting one which is one i still want to get like it's in my backlog like i don't own it but it's one of those things i want to pick up cheaply is punch out the remake of uh mm. the original punch out game and i believe this was next level games as well who did uh you know mario strikers and uh, luigi's mansion 2 and a bunch of fantastic things and they did punch out and uh yeah I, I feel like that's that's a cool thing that i want to pick up at some point um may get to it may not who knows but um yeah, are you interested in, I guess, picking up any of like New Super Mario Brothers Wii or Wii Sports Resort or even Punch Out at all? <sighs> not or are they just really. like on the periphery? Not really. I mean, yeah. I, that tell you what game I would have liked to have got that like, should have got at the time when I was with you in Kex in London was that Wario game, the two D one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, remember the definitely. full name, but yeah. it was on Wii and it was a two D platformer. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I guess we should move on to twenty ten. Indeed. So in 2010, there were a huge amount of fantastic games. Um, obviously, the follow-up to Galaxy, which no one saw coming, Galaxy 2 was announced, and that was a roaring success. I really think that, you know, they outdid themselves with Galaxy 2. It was a hard act to follow, and EAD Tokyo were like, you know what? We can we can do better, and they did do better. And you know the thing with Galaxy Two is it didn't make the same impact just because we've gotten used to that idea by this point. But the design, the levels, everything was so much, so much better. 
and you know they included Yoshi and they had new Yoshi powers and all this great stuff level design was fantastic music was amazing the the game was just outstanding overall and I basically 100%ed it apart from the last level which we we spent three hours <laughs> trying to do and didn't do yeah. we went through 100 lives and oh, it was hard so so yeah, you you have my copy of Galaxy Two Ballet. I am currently borrowing this game from you. Yes, I mean, wow, my voice is just going. Um, yeah, and yeah, and then I've not played much of it. I think I've got about ten stars so far. But in the coming months, I think I'm gonna play through that at some point. And yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I think it's gonna be good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, other notable releases: Donkey Kong Country Returns, which I have since played on 3DS, which I think is a great game, fantastic. Um, and and yeah, it's it's just you know a solid platformer. This was really the E3 when they they announced Kirby and Donkey Kong, both of which hit in America the end of 2010. Kirby actually came out in 2011, so we'll we'll hit that when we get to there. But um, yeah, Donkey Kong Country Returns came out. Um, also the year of Metroid Other M, which had a sizzling trailer E3 2009, <laughs> and um, everyone was just going crazy. This was this was the Reggie's. And one last thing for 2009 was the Metroid Other M trailer, and my god, did it cause, you know, a huge amount of anticipation. Unfortunately, the game didn't really turn out to be fantastic. I mean, I still haven't completed it, but I have a lot of issues of going back to Other M. You know, I enjoy it in premise, and I think it's a cool idea, but the controls are just bad. The controls are fucking awful, and the idea that you are moving around in a 3D space with the Wii Remote NES style on its side is a horrible, horrible thing, and I just wish that they'd somehow used the nunchuck and implemented analog control, because it would have made it so much more playable and so much more enjoyable, but trying to control Samus with a D-pad just literally after an hour or so will just cause horrible irritation on my thumb and my fingers. It's just, I can't handle it. It, it doesn't work well. And, you know, I like the idea of switching from third person to first person by moving the Wii Remote and pointing it at the screen, but yeah, it just wasn't really working that well. Um, I, you know, I will beat Other M. It's something that I need to go back to and do, but but it's it's just a little bit of a disappointment. It was cool with the voice acting and everything, but story wasn't fantastic. So, so there you go. Um, the other, uh, the other game that I picked up that year was Goldeneye Wii, um, which was a real hit surprise. I actually heard about this game. I was listening to RFN, and this was the year I started listening to RFN. And Johnny Metz uh, was mentioning Goldeneye Wii and how great it was and how much fun he was having with it. And I believe it came out maybe September or so. And uh, and he was really raving. Like, you know, it has great online and it's a really cool first-person shooter on Wii. And it's made for the ground up for this system. And this is the first-person shooter that Wii deserves and the one that it got. And I was actually really interested in it. Especially because it was using the motion control um, for a first-person shooter, which was something I was kind of into because I didn't like the idea of dual analog or any of that kind of stuff on you know 360 and PS3 so I was excited for it and I decided you know at Christmas it was like a half price sale it was down to 20 quid in HMV in like Oxford Street in London and I was like to my dad I was like dad please get this for me as an extra Christmas present <laughs> and he did and I was pretty stoked so uh, I got I got that and I had a huge amount of fun with it. We played some multiplayer of it actually. We did a bit, yeah. How much of the uh, story mode did you do? 
I got pretty far into it. I that's again, like 2010 is the year of games which are on my backlog, um, including No More Heroes 2, uh, which I haven't even started yet. Um, we kind of actually we forgot to mention No More Heroes, which came out in 2008. I actually didn't play No More Heroes until around 2010 and 2011. Um, but yeah, it's one of those third-party games which stands out. It's a third-party game that um, actually did okay and was built directly for the system and had some interesting ideas it's uh it's just this crazy brawler ridiculous it's essentially i like to compare it to shadow of the colossus as weird as that may sound because it's essentially a boss rush like there are enemies you fight before you get to the bosses but the real game is like the bosses and the bosses are fantastic they're crazy and they take a huge amount of like concentration and skill and um and yeah, it's it's a really really great fun game, and I will get to the sequel at some point. But you know, that will that will have to uh, follow many other games uh, on this list. So so yeah. Um, and I guess you know we should probably give a cursory mention to Monster Hunter Try because it's such a big franchise and such a big game. Neither of us are really interested in Monster Hunter, but that was the year that that came out on Wii, and I think like one of those really huge games for that system. So there you go. So let's move to 2011 then. And um, pretty two big, big ones, two two big ones. Um, so we, uh, the year started off with Kirby's Epic Yarn. We should say which... that the Wii is in massive decline by this stage. Oh right, like yeah. it, this is where like this is the dregs. Um, and there's nothing really coming out for it after 2010. Like there's nothing hugely new announced or released, and that was when you know Project Rainfall started, and everyone was getting the campaign to have Xenoblade and the Last Story and Pandora's Tower come over to the west because nintendo weren't releasing them and people were so frustrated because they were not going to release any other games on wii that year and yet they were fucking adamant in not releasing these three japanese role-playing games and and yeah eventually thankfully that turned out and all three of those games got released the first of which was xenoblade and that came out in 2011 in europe uh took you know another six months for the u.s but it came out in 2011 uh, in in the UK and Europe, and I picked it up at Christmas uh, of 2011 for again half price. It was 20 quid. I was like, "Wow, Xenoblade's already this price! I'm going to get this straight away." Because I was ju- I just finished up Skyward Sword. I was like maybe two hours from the end of Skyward Sword. I was like, "I need something big and meaty after Skyward Sword." Because I really enjoyed that experience, and I got Xenoblade. And obviously, I didn't have a classic controller at the time, so I. Yeah, I got to a point where I couldn't really get past and needed a class controller, and it wasn't until a whole year later that I bought one and finally got into the meat of that game. But yeah, a stellar ride is ever played for sure. Um, Kirby's Epic Yarn was interesting. I think we had this conversation a while ago, you know, when Donkey Kong and Kirby got announced at E3, and we're like, ah, oh, one of us will get Donkey Kong, one of us will get Kirby. I kind of remember that conversation. It never happened. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Kirby is cool. Um, I guess that's something that maybe you'd be interested in going back yeah, to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's just finding Wii games these days is quite tough, but yeah, definitely. should check online. Yeah, exactly. And, and Epic Yarn was just so cool because of the art st- style. Like, The game was easy as shit, but the art style was just awesome. And yeah, the, the way that they played with fabric and, and all that kind of stuff was pretty amazing. So the big one this year, though, was the of course Skyward one. Sword. Skyward Sword. Bali, what were your feelings on Skyward Sword? just the whole way Nintendo treated this game was perfect because when you got it everyone was thinking oh what are they going to do about Wii Motion Plus what about the people who don't have it like us at the time 
Um, and then they're like, don't worry, Zelda fans, you can get a special Wii Motion Plus Zelda Wiimote. On top of that, it's bundled with the game and also bundled with the soundtrack. And I must say that this is musically one of the best Zeldas, so that in itself was really nice to to do. They just handled that the the launch really well, and this was like years and years after Twilight Princess, obviously, where it was kind of like, oh my God, not not had a Zelda in ages, and they just really nailed it with this one because I I admit the graphical style is a bit mixed and not the best element of this game but the motion plus really does work now i'll admit that i really struggled with this game not necessarily the motion plus as such but just some of the enemies i was just really struggling as you'll you'll know but yeah yeah it's not my favorite zelda ever but this is a really solid one that i completed in quite a short period of time considering it's me considering it's you exactly i take ages to complete these games so I really struggled with the final boss, I should also add. But I thought musically, this, it was great. The story's great. The world creation in the game's quite good. Um, nice mix of dungeons. It's a really good game. Totally, totally. And yeah, you know, story is probably one of those things that it did execute on superbly. And I think character was a lot stronger in this game. You know, we, you know, Nagi always asks us the question about like why you know get voice acting in Zelda and all this stuff and. Even though mm. they didn't have voice acting, yeah. and uh, you know it was using text dialogue, I think they, you know, they made Zelda a really cool character, and not just a damsel in distress, you know, and and you know Link's relationship with her was much more interesting, and then yeah. the ending was cool and how it kind of set up the timeline for the rest of the games. Mm. Um, I mean, this was yeah. launched at the same time as Hyrule Historia, wasn't it? It was, and yeah. It, and this, this was the was, year of the twenty-fifth yeah. anniversary, so exactly, it and it just ties that all together really well. Like it was really well planned i should also say you could really tell with this game that it was designed for the wii and not the gamecube whereas elements of twilight princess you could argue were developed for gamecube or they weren't well i mean the entire game was a GameCube yeah. game there are certain weapons in this game the most notable in my opinion was the uh beetle yes i mean that is probably my favorite weapon in any zelda ever and simply because it just changes the game style so much it just piloting this entire separate entity around areas and you get it really on in the game first dungeon you get this item and it just explodes the areas that you can search and it just added a lot to the game certainly Uh, skyward sword was amazing i really think that motion control was executed like if the wii was built for Skyward Sword to eventually happen, I think it fulfilled its purpose. If yeah. motion control existed just for Skyward Sword to be a game, I think it was worth it because they absolutely nailed it. And I know there are the detractors, there are people who said that it didn't work. To be honest, I think those people just don't know how to use it properly or they didn't spend enough time with the system to understand it fully. Because for me, I had no problem. Like, initially, of course, getting into it and understanding it was was tough, but you stick with it, you work on it, and I became, you know, a, a sword master, as they might say, and, uh, <laughs> and, and was, you know, demolishing things. So it was great. Sky Sword, fantastic. And, I mean, the Wii had stuff that came out in 2012, but really, 20, 2011 was the end, uh, in all honesty. Like, the end of 2012, the Wii U launched, and there was nothing that they had planned in, in that year. There was 
the Kirby Wii game called Kirby's Adventure, something like that, the, the big, I don't know, I can't remember what it was called, it's like a 2D side-scrolling Kirby game, which came out, which I guess was okay, um, then the last story came out, uh, and Xenoblade came out in America, but aside from that, really nothing, so, everything kind of uh, came to an end, it was kind of a slow, dying breath that the Wii was taking the last two years, it struggled hugely, but, um, man, what a system, what a system that just sold a ridiculous amount, became much more successful than Nintendo probably ever dreamed of, and opened gaming to this whole new audience, which, you know, I guess eventually moved on to things such as tablets and phones and, and that kind of market, but it really was instrumental in widening the gap, so system to be remembered and one with a huge amount of memories for the both of us so absolutely so there we go that was we and that my friends is going to take us to the end of our show so thank you very very much for listening um we uh, i really enjoyed doing this segment uh it was it was a great great feature for I us i think my do. voice just held up enough <laughs> yeah mine's almost uh, <laughs> at a, it's tether as well yeah. yeah um so yeah we we uh pushed all the way through and yeah if you enjoyed this segment uh this feature and would like to see us do more things like this then write in and let us know and just leave us questions we are always open to emails and all that good stuff so write to us at the email address which uh which is bali would you mind telling us nyppquestions at gmail.com and uh we read them all um and we will absolutely uh, We'll, we'll get into that again next time um, before then if you would be so kind we would really appreciate it if you go over to iTunes and leave us a review reviews are super super key in getting exposure and widening the audience and allowing more people to listen to the show so five star us on iTunes leave us a review and that would be a huge amount of help and uh, we would certainly appreciate it greatly um, you can also uh, keep up with what we're doing on a weekly daily basis on Twitter I am at LordMBZ on Twitter also LordMBZ on Meverse and I'm at Ballyman91 B-A-L-L-Y M-A-N-9-1 and you can also find me under that name on Meverse indeed so that's going to be it uh, and we're going to close out the show but thank you again for listening and uh, we will see you all in the next episode goodbye see you in the fortnight again nope you could not reproduce that if you tried I guess you can use that on the <laughs> on the end and credits oh god